You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing ninety seven podcast. It, it all stems back to my my grandfather. Like that's what I did as a kid, right? Um, and then really when I went through the Marine Corps, you know, I did two tours overseas. Um, you know, when you get out, you know, you train all five years, learn how to get ready to do your mission, but you only get like one week to really transition out of the Marine Corps. Uh, so it's not enough time to tell you how to just try to figure out who you are outside of like a strong identified military organization. Uh, for a while, I just felt like I kind of lost myself. Um, and then, you know, in my first two years at Clemson and the computer science program, they just really try to weed you out. So I just had no time for anything but school, it felt like. And then uh, my senior year or junior year going into senior year, um, we got the uh, Trump stimulus check, and um, my wife and I we bought two bon- or we bought two uh, perception Pescador kayaks just to get into it. And once I got back in the kayak and got on the water, um, it was just able to help me out through so much, like so many tough questions that I had getting out of the military. And it's really been, you know, the biggest healer in my life for me personally. Um, and then, you know, I graduated from Clemson and I worked at the top sexiest software companies. You know, I worked at Amazon doing um, cloud consulting where I was a machine learning expert. Um, I worked with the Clemson football team doing artificial intelligence research. And then my last job, I was at a startup uh, just to try to go, you know, full spectrum software engineer. Um, so, you know, I worked at the startup and before I, my, you know, before I started working there, the interview, Brett asked me, he was like, hey, what's your dream job like? And I told him, like, hey, if I, if I can find a way to, to get paid to go fishing, I want to do that, you know? Like, that's always the dream. Hmm. Um, so, anyways, I told him, I was like, you know, Brett, seriously, if, uh, if there's ever a way that me and my friends could start a company, and we don't have to be millionaires, which is making us, you know, sustain ourselves and have a great quality of life, that's what I want to do. Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry. We focus on guides, conservation, resort managers, gear, and talented fly tires bringing usable information to fly fishers. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by The Fly Crate. Theflycrate.com is your source for all things fly fishing. The Fly Crate offers a monthly fly club. We select patterns every month for your home waters. With membership, you'll receive flies created to match the hatch in your area, along with the Fly Crate's guide magazine, the convenience of having flies delivered right to your door, some sweet stickers. Discover new patterns and start stocking your fly boxes now. Theflycrate.com Here's your host, Mark Hopley. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Stoked you chose to join us today. Um, And we're going to head out to South Carolina, beautiful part of the world. We've got Damian Anderson on the line from Good Dudes Fly Company. He's out of Greensville, South Carolina. Uh, Now, he was in the Marine Corps. He's a Marine Corps veteran, Clemson grad, avid, avid bass fly fisher, and... uh, uh, used to work, uh, I believe, with uh, Amazon, trained software engineer, so he could probably talk me under the table on a lot of things computer-wise, and I'm looking forward to it. Damien, thanks for coming on the show tonight. Yeah, man, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Well, let's um, just, uh, when I start the show, what I always like to do is get a feel for you, so kind of um, hit the rewind button, if you will, and walk me through how you came to discover fly fishing, like day one. Yeah, man. Um, that is, yeah, that's a funny story. So I haven't always been a fly angler. Uh, honestly, by comparison to most of your audiences, they've probably been doing it longer than me. So my background is saltwater fishing. Um, I grew up on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi, and my grandfather and I, we'd always go out to the Barrier Islands, like shout out Horn Island. Um, and man, we would tear up like redfish, speckled trout, black tip shark, you know, all of this and that. Um, and then fast forward, when I joined the Marine Corps and you know, I didn't really have time to fish because I, I always deployed and just always busy. But when we got out and moved down here to South Carolina, I just kind of reconnected with the water. Um, and I started off, I had like the spin rod and I was like, man, this is cool. This is what I use on the Gulf Coast. But then, you know, obviously you see all these bass guys with like 30 bait casters. I'm like, wow, that's, that's the technical route. So let me try that. You know, did that for a while. Got really good to skip jigs and everything. And then uh, we were driving through Pisgah National Forest. 
And I looked over and I just see like a school of flying doors, like learning how to cast. I was like, dude, okay, that's what I got to do next. Um, so I started fly fishing just over this past summer. Um, and I've loved it ever since. I'm kind of like the crazy hick fly fisherman. And I don't say that in a negative way. It's just uh, when people see like what I'm trying to throw, they're like, dude, I've never seen anything like that. And most of the time, a lot of people just crack up that I have fly rods going for bass. <laughs> well, it's not, it's funny when I think of bass in, in the States, like, like your neck of the woods, Florida, I mean, I think of bass masters, I think of those bass tournaments, you know, um, real expensive nitro boats that get you from A to B in no, no time flat. Um, Litter boats. You, you know, pe- people don't always think of fly fishing for bass. And I know, cause I, I do quite a bit of it myself. So it's, why don't you tell us who influenced you? So how did you, who did you learn from if you had to pick a couple of names? And the, you know what, that could be something online. It could be something on YouTube you learned from, or it could be your, your buddy, uh, folks. Um, who, who influenced you? Yeah, well, I got to say, first and foremost, my grandfather. Um, we are, like, I'm only two or three generations American. Uh, my family fled from Mussolini uh, in Italy, went to uh, Boston, and then lived in, I think it's Gloucester. I don't know. I can't remember, but somewhere in Bo- the Boston area. Yeah. Um, and they, they were doing shrimping, and you can look this up. It's called the Great Italian Immigration, and they all went down to Mississippi, Louisiana, my family did firefighting and shrimping, so obviously fishing was just bred into me. Hmm. Um, as far as fly fishing, I wish I could give a shout-out to the school that I saw, um, but I will give a shout-out to, I believe it's uh, Mad River Outfitters. He has a YouTube series called Intro to Fly Fishing, and I think I watched, like, all 300 of them. And I, I just get obsessed with the sport, really just through online learning. Hmm. So talk to me we'll get into your day-to-day habits kind of what you're up to your neck of the woods but i'm curious what made you start your business so good dudes fly company what what kind of put that idea in the brain and and walk us through that journey a little bit yeah it's kind of a a long-winded um answer if you don't mind yeah that's why we're here man (laughs) i got i got time all right all right sweet uh yeah so it, it all stems back to my, my grandfather. Like, that's what I did as a kid, right? Um, and then, really, when I went through the Marine Corps, you know, I did two tours overseas. Um, you know, when you get out, you know, you train all five years, learn how to get ready to do your mission, but you only get, like, one week to really transition out of the Marine Corps. Uh, so it's not enough time to tell you how to just try to figure out who you are outside of, like, a strong, identified military organization. Uh, but for a while, I just felt like I kind of lost myself. Um, and then... You know, in my first two years at Clemson and the computer science program, they just really try to weed you out. So I just had no time for anything but school, it felt like. And then uh, my senior year or junior year, going into senior year, um, we got the uh, Trump stimulus check. And um, my wife and I, we bought two bon- or we bought two uh, Perception Pescador kayaks just to get into it. And once I got back in the kayak and got on the water, um, it was just able to help me out through so much, like so many tough questions that I had getting out of the military. And it's really been, you know, the biggest healer in my life for me personally. Um, and then, you know, I graduated from Clemson and I worked at the top sexiest software companies. You know, I worked at Amazon doing um, cloud consulting where I was a machine learning expert. Um, I worked with the Clemson football team doing artificial intelligence research. And then my last job, I was at a startup. Uh, just to try to go, you know, full spectrum software engineer. Um, so, you know, I was working at the startup and before I, my, you know, before I started working there, the interview, Brett asked me, he was like, Hey, what's your dream job? Like, and I told him like, Hey, if I, if I can find a way to, to get paid to go fishing, I want to do that. You know, like that's always the dream. Hmm. Um, so anyways, I told him like, you know, Brett, seriously, if uh, if there's ever a way that me and my friends could start a company and we don't have to be millionaires, which is making us, so, you know, sustain ourselves and have a great quality of life, that's what I want to do. You know, we joked about it and laughed. Um, and then you fast forward to just three weeks ago, because all this is just happening at lightning pace. Um, or I guess at this point in the recording, it's about four weeks now. Um, I go to my buddy Tyler's house. He's a chemistry major. And it's the same thing, like, 
all he does is read reports all day. And all I do is program eight hours a day. Um, it is a custom job, especially compared to what I did in the Marine Corps. But it just gets old when you're sitting here by yourself. Um, so we we're just like, okay, how can we get paid to go on adventures and teach people the great things that we've been taught? Um, so we came up with the idea of good dudes and it just couldn't die in my head. So literally that night I went to bed and just started programming it up you know, and like React and JavaScript, you know, all these different programming languages to get a rough website up. Mm-hmm. And then I go to work that Monday um, and the site gets a sale. Uh, one of my, or one of um, Tyler's army buddies bought a hat. So I messaged one of my colleagues. I was like, dude, I just started a side hustle this weekend. Like, and I just got my first sale. This is crazy. And then I guess word got around because, you know, I was employee number four. Um, and then that Thursday, I planned to talk to my boss anyways to transition out of software engineering and back into, like, more of a sales position. Just so, like, my mental state was taking such a hard dive. Just, you know, quarantine, sitting here programming, it's horrible. Um, but uh, he told me, he was like, yeah, I hear you got a side gig right now. Um, if you want, you know. We can put you down to part-time or maybe do some 1099 stuff and you don't sell, you know, let's, let's try to figure this out. I was like, all right. So we talked, he called me again Friday because uh, we said we we're going to talk about it a little bit more. And it's only kind of changed, not in a negative way. Um, but he was like, yeah, basically you got to choose my company or yours. And he gave me a third option to do like 1099 sales. Basically I just get sales and get a little commission of that, no benefits or anything. Mm-hmm. So um, he's like, all right, I'll give you the weekend to think about it. I was like, okay. So I stood at the website. I put out a article called The Only Two Fly Rods You'll Need. And it was a catchy title on purpose. I was thinking, you know, that might be able to help people actually read what I, if they're interested in what I have to say, they'll check it out. Right. Um, and I had this one gentleman, Brian, the guy that actually reached out to you about me. He uh, he read the article and he shot me a message. He said, you know, hey, um, I read your article and I really like what you have to say, but I'm just curious. Like, I don't have a nine weight or an eight weight, and I'm really uncomfortable. You know, I, I don't want to invest that money in it yet. What do you recommend? And so I was like, oh, dude, no problem. And I basically wrote him out like two pages about um, like I run a, a a wooly bugger tandem rig with a nymph or a a midge. Um, so I just basically told him how I did that, what I recommended. And at the end, I just said, Hey man, um, if you're interested in supporting what I'm doing, please check out my website. And after that, dude, he bought like, you know, a good bit of stuff. And I just sat here shaking telling my wife, like, Oh my God, this is all happening so fast. And I think it might actually happen. That's cool. So after that, um, yeah, I just, that next day I decided, you know, um, I understand this is way too fast. So I, I didn't want to go at the speed. Um, but I'm just not ready to give up on my idea yet. So, you know, I'm young, I've got a safety net. I'm just going to go for it. And, and, you know, four weeks later, here we are having this conversation. (laughs) That's funny. Well, I I did listen to your interview with Brian and you've got uh, an infectious personality. I think you could sell, and I love your honesty, uh, you know, on how you came to it. You're even saying, look, I haven't been doing this forever, but this is what I'm learning this. And, how much of your your past careers, okay, so obviously with the uh, the Marine Corps, uh, even your schooling at Clemson, and then and then I look at your, like, you're working for Amazon, you're doing um, software engineer, that must help with the online uh, marketing and, and, and building a website. How, how much has that helped you so far? Oh, man, so much. First of all, just to build a website, that's like five. If you look at the caliber of my website, not trying to boast or sound big headed, but like seriously, if you were to pay for that type of website, you're paying five to $10,000 instantly. And I know because in college, my first year in college, I started a web design business and that's what I charge customers for those type of websites. Um, so this is absolutely an unfair advantage being a software engineer and having to work at these great companies and really just, you know, grow as an engineer at that caliber. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you hit on a good point. It's, I don't know, man, I just love this stuff um, and I'm passionate about it. And for me, it's just like right now, all the dots of my consulting and my Marine Corps background where I was trained to study the enemy, like it, this has just been one very cool cultivation of all those things. And it just makes me feel empowered to keep doing this. Like literally Brian reaches out to me like, dude, thank you so much for doing this. I'm like, I, 
I don't know what I'm doing, man. I just keep talking to all you guys. This is awesome. <laughs> I love it. I, I got, you know what? I'm going to throw you a couple names. You got to, you got to, I got to uh, set you up with uh, Dave, Dave Stewart. They're over at Wet Fly Swing. He's got an outdoors online marketing podcast too. And I think you guys had hit it right off. Um, remind me. What, man, that'd be awesome. Remind me at the end of the interview. He's a great guy too. Um, so, Okay, so I want to take a few minutes to get to know you, kind of your tendencies, your day-to-day uh, in and around your home base of Greensville. You ready for a few random questions that, that may not have much to do with fishing? Yeah, go for it. Uh, let's talk music. So when you're on your way to your favorite river, lake, or even the ocean to uh, throw a throw a fly, what's playing in the stereo? Oh, dude, Rush, 100%. <laughs> I did not love Prague. I did not expect you to say. I did not expect you to say Rush for some reason. Well, you're welcome, my man. Hey, they're (laughs) Canadian too, man. They're yeah, dude. Limelight gets me pumped. Yeah, no, no, they're. I mean, they're an amazing band for sure. Um, what else? What What else are you influenced by music wise? Man, if you go to my Spotify, like I had to tell one of my listeners because we connected on Spotify, I was like, hey, man, sometimes I'll listen to some weird stuff. Like, don't judge me. Uh, Because I I really do listen to everything. Like, if you just look at my Spotify playlist, it'll go from like Beethoven to Metallica to some harder metal to like John Petrucci, Rush, all these great frogs. It's just all over the place, you know? Yeah. Uh, Like, I literally have a playlist that's called Ireland, and it's like this, like, iron i don't know it's or irish jigs and everything it's it's crazy man <laughs> yeah that's, um, that's diverse that's diverse yeah well i actually thought i was gonna be a like a jazz musician um <laughs> you know i'm just a big music nerd like i met my wife in band camp i know you probably don't hear that every day <laughs> but uh this one time at band camp i met my wife oh yeah you know yeah. and that's funny. But yeah, I thought I was going to be a jazz guitarist. And here I am, software engineer, tying flies. Who would have who thought? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. That's a good good story, man. Let's talk flies. Um, one go-to fly pattern that you can't live without. So if you're throwing, for, say, for largemouth, I mean, let's be a little specific in this question because it's a pretty vague question. But uh, what's one fly pattern you reach for more often than not? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I'm going to, uh, I'm a list two, um, and I'll come back to that. But number one, I just, my mentor just taught me the Matuka Zonker. And the way that rabbit tail swims through the water is insane. Nice. Um, and then my other one, so I, I preach having a, if you're going to do like kayak bass fishing or just really serious bass angling in general, um, I recommend two rods. So I run a five weight and I run a nine weight. And the reason why I run those two is because um, I used to throw big bass jigs from my five weight, but man, it felt like a wet sock after your second or third cast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, so <laughs> I finally just told my wife, I was like, I'm sorry, I love you, but I need a nine weight. So, you know, I, I got the uh, a really good Orvis rod. I have the clear water um, and it just makes it so much easier to cast. But on that five weight, I like to do a woolly bugger tandem rig. So I'll tie on like a black or olive woolly bugger and about six to eight inches below that. I'll either do like a deeper midge or some type of nut. You, it, you, you just passed on some advice here and I'm trying, I'm writing it down so I don't forget. So I can ask for anything. I just have to say, <laughs> sorry, I love you, but I need a nine weight. How, how, how's that work? For and there you? you go. And that works. Wow. Well, let me tell you what, man, let me brag on my wife for a second. I have married one hell of a woman. She puts up with all my craziness and like all my different hobbies. And she's just like, yeah, do it. Like literally when I was having like a midlife crisis about my boss telling me, you know, your business or mine, she was just like, well, you missed a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. And I was like, Oh my God, I love you. <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, you gotta get you one of those, man. And good luck. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> um, favorite place to talk fly fishing. So is there uh when you're not in your waders or on in your kayak, is there a coffee shop, a fly shop, a watering hole, somewhere in and around Greensville that you uh, get your fix? Yeah. Um, and I'm actually in a small town right out of Greenville called Easley. Um, but yeah, I like to go up to Asheville and, you know, my wife and I, we're just two good dudes, right? So we go to all the local breweries, like shout out Oscar Blues, my favorite brewery of all time. Um, Sierra Nevada, you know, all these 
and there's a ton more, so don't get mad if I don't list your favorite microbrewery there because it is very, like, you either love this one or this one in Nashville. Um, but, yeah, I love going to breweries and just trying a new beer, and I just find that most of the time that's where my tribe is. Yeah. Let's talk sports. Uh, I assume you're a Clemson guy, or are we talking Hurricanes? Are we talking Jags? Um, who do you follow? Where do you get your fix in the world of sports? Oh, no, man. I'm actually a Gamecock fan. No, I'm just teasing. That's garbage. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Clemson fan. Go Tigers. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see where my boy Touchdown Jesus goes. Shout out Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, I actually met him when I worked with the uh, the football team doing research with them. It was so cool. There's a picture of me on Instagram. He's like 6'7", and I'm 5'11", but I look short next to him. <laughs> uh, but outside of college, I love the Saints, man. Who dat? Yeah. Who dat nation? Makes sense. I forgot you're down in uh, in uh, New Orleans. Were you, were you actually in New Orleans or? So I graduated high school from Biloxi, Mississippi, which is like 30 oh, yeah. minutes from there. Sure. Um, but I actually lived like I moved around a lot as a kid. Um, so I actually lived in Lake Charles. We're actually a very small city outside of Lake Charles called Hender, um, Louisiana. So shout out Alan Parrish. <laughs> right on. You've been a few places. It strikes me that uh, you got a probably a pretty good feel for a lot of different uh, different homes in the states. Yeah, unfortunately, um, and we're about to be moving again. So hopefully, okay. this will be the last one. Um, my wife, she's in medical school here in the United States. Yeah. So after your fourth year or during your fourth year, you go through this process called matching. So you match into residency. Um, so we're literally, we won't find out where we're going to be until March 19th. And then we move in June and that's going to be our forever home. So that's where, uh, I'm hoping to open a, uh, or I'm hoping to open a good dudes retail store and get that going. So, I mean, how important is it that this destination has some good fishing? I mean, I can only imagine if you end up somewhere like, I don't know, actually there's gotta be good fishing just about everywhere. Is there any, is there anywhere you're like, oh man, we should go there. Denver Dude, or Savannah, uh, Savannah, Georgia, Savannah. 100%. Ah, um, that's yeah. already our number one choice. So I hope somebody from that admissions department gets to hear this when it's launched. Savannah, <laughs> just getting No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Um, but so what's cool about Savannah is it's, it's salt water. Um, like it's literally right on the Gulf coast. So that's like, you know, that's my home. Uh, so that's what I'm going to get back to. Like, I miss hunting big redfish or speckled trout or black tip shark or bull shark or flounder. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Call me crazy, but I want to get back to the salt. Oh, I get that. That sounds like fun. If you had to look at your fly fishing journey thus far, Damien, what would be your single takeaway? I think you probably alluded to it already, but, you know, what does fly fishing bring to your world? Oh, in a single word, it would be insane. All this has happened so fast, all because of fly fishing. But uh, in a serious note, um, I would just say healing. That's yeah. that's really what it's brought to my life. Cool. Yeah, that uh, we talk about that a lot, actually, on the show, how it's therapeutic. You know, whether it's um, it gets your mind off a lot of things and you can focus on something that's not work-related or day-to-day related or... Uh, I mean, there's a reason that we all do it, and I think I think we don't talk about that enough, that aspect of it. Yeah, for real. Um, and that's an aspect that's actually really serious, like really important to me. Like, I just did a birthday fundraiser for a nonprofit here that focuses on uh, specifically veteran suicide mm-hmm. um, because, you know, there's 21 veterans that commit suicide every day, and, you know, that number is just too high that we don't talk about. And I just know... Like there's a there's already a nonprofit set up for it. It's called Healing Waters. So if you're a veteran struggling with any type of you know mental aspects, just give it a shot. Because I know sometimes the VA they're like, here, take this pill, take this pill, um, or you know you get some crappy therapist, try it out. You know, worst case scenario, you just get to hang out with a bunch of guys that know exactly what you've been through. You know, yeah. what could go wrong? Yeah. Um, but that that's been the biggest thing for me, just to get out there and just. Like Jessica was, she'll tell you, man, because when I was working in software, I was so like just pissed off and angry all the time. Um, and literally at some point she would just tell me, she's like, well, you need to go fishing. Like you, you need to get out of here and just go get on your boat and get out of here. 
Um, and it's not to say like, just get out of the house. It's just seriously, it, it does that much for me. Yeah, no. And, and it's good to recognize that when you need to go, I know I'm like that way too. It's like, uh, no, I actually have to go. <laughs> it's like, it's not, yeah. a, and, it's, and go ahead. I think the, the important thing here is that's exactly why I've been able to do so much so quickly. I mean, think about it. This good news is I started it literally four weeks ago as an idea with my buddy. And yet here I am having my second podcast interview. I've just been over a thousand dollars in sales my first month. I also broke a thousand followers. Like it's not to brag. It's just to say like, this is how serious I'm taking this because this is how much it means to me. And apparently people like that and they want to support that. Hmm. And I'm just blown away, man. The community has been so great. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think there's a better community. Fly fishing community is very welcoming. And I, I, although, you know, there's lots of different brands out there and it's somewhat competitive, obviously like any business, I think from what I've seen, uh, so far, there's, there's a lot of commonalities and people are willing to help others, uh, especially when you're just getting going and, and trying to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and man, shout out to my buddies, both of my Brian's. I've got a Brian in Portland that you know about and Brian in Austin and my buddy Nick in California. There's been so many other people that like, I'm thinking them on your show and I haven't even met them in person, but those are like my tribe, you know? Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, if you had to kind of take away the biggest lesson that you've learned, and I know that you say that it brings a healing, but what's, what, what else does fly fishing teach you? Like, as far as a lot of people talk about how, you know, it kind of, kind of hones your observation skills. You kind of pay attention to some details that you maybe wouldn't, uh, if you weren't fly fishing, does it bring anything like what kind of, what does it bring from your skill set? if that makes sense. It brings humility, first and foremost. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, especially especially if you're where I'm at, where you are the only dumb enough flying angler to get on the water and hunt bass with it, like, people are going to be looking at you like you're the expert. If you go out there being all cocky and acting like you know what you're doing, yeah, okay. We'll see. <laughs> um, but, I mean, outside of that, yeah, it definitely makes you a better angler because you have to be smarter on the water. And that's why fly anglers, like, we are the biggest readers. Um, and that's why I put such, such a big emphasis on my blog and having content out there and having people come share their experience. Mm-hmm. Um, like Brian from, um, Hill country outdoors on Instagram, he actually wrote an article for me. So I'm just trying to, you know, at us being readers, that's where we, you know, something like that would be awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, fill in the blank for me when I'm not fly fishing, I'm usually doing what? Working at good dudes. <laughs> you know, we said it's a joke, but yeah, this is the this is the lifestyle for me, man. It's on like sixteen hours a day. I'm trying to get better. Uh like I'm trying to get in the habit of just instead of doing Instagram or tweeting, I'm uh reading. So I guess that would probably be a good one is reading outside of work. What's a what's what's a book you'd find on the shelf right now you're working on or one you've read lately that you uh that spoke to you? Yeah, uh, right now, oh, God, I don't know the author's name, but the uh, the name of the book is um, 12 Months to Become a Millionaire. And I don't read it for the catchy title. It's more so for, you know, artists will put stupid names like that to sell people. But for people that are actually reading it for a purpose, um, he puts together a good detailed plan as to basically how to scale your company. Because um, that, that's really what I want to do here. If I'm going to do something like I'm just super type A, like I'm going to get it. You know, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Outside of the job, I know you said that's job, so okay, I'll give you that one. Uh, my favorite book of all time, I'll give you that one, is and this is like my number one gifted book. Yeah, um, The Alchemist by Pablo. I don't remember his last name. Yeah, I have. Um, I, I have that. that book. Is yeah, that is a phenomenal read, um, and I find that. Either every time I give it to someone, they read it and we talk about it. They always take away something different than I did. And when I read it a second or third time, I always take a different little insight from it. So it's a it's a very unique book. Yeah, I might have to um, go back to that. And, I, that was years ago I read that. Hmm. Yeah, you should reread it. You'd really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and I'm also a big sci-fi nerd. I'm not going to hide that from you. Yeah. Um, ready Player One? Dude, I'm ready. I'm ready. That's why uh, one of the things I was interested in uh, in computer science was virtual reality. So much so, I took a course and built a bow and arrow game for virtual reality. 
Wow. Really? Yeah, man, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> you you don't half-ass anything, do you? <laughs> I really don't, man. It, it is a strength, and it is also a downfall. Like, my wife will tell you, anytime something grabs my attention, like, my bank account better be ready. <laughs> um, but that's just who I am. And uh, one really crazy thing is, like, I'm finding I'm not the only one like this. Um, but you got to read this blog Brian wrote, man. That's exactly what he wrote about, that personality type. Um, but that's, that's where this crazy drive comes from and my ability just to, to work, you know? Well, let's talk about work. So if you had to say, Hey, this is the best gig I ever had. This is the best job I ever had. Are you doing it now? Uh, or. Oh yeah. You... Out of 10. <laughs> I thought you might say that. Um, yeah. The, the only thing that I would say would, would, would honestly beat it is being a Sergeant of the Marines in the Marine Corps. But the problem is being a sergeant in the Marine Corps is way more fun and like direct and purposeful when you're actually deployed than it is stateside. And, you know, right now there's not a deploying Marine Corps. And I don't mean to say that like a war hungry Marine, but I just love being in that position of just being able to mentor these young Marines coming into, you know, coming into the Marine Corps, especially when we're getting ready for our second deployment. Um, those are some of the greatest memories I have in my life. And the best thing was, is uh, for the, the first couple of months they had me, I was the shittiest leader. Um, and I know you said cussing's okay, so I apologize if you can <laughs> cut that out. But it's all good. But I was, you know, it was crazy because I, when I got back from my first deployment, like I did a really good job. Um, and so I was awarded because I got to go teach other Marines how to use a very specific type of software um, that I was effective with, essentially. And then uh, by the time I come back, our staff and CEO has been fired. So this guy has been in the Marine Corps for 12 to 15 years, is fired from his job. And by the way, Corporal Anderson, you've only been in the Marine Corps for two and a half years. You are now going to lead this platoon and get them ready for deployment. Talk about like crap your pants. Um, but there's a lot of good lessons. Like I, I, now that I've done that, I know, Hey, when the, when it's, you know, come go time, I'm going to go, uh, at whatever that cost is. Um, and that's, I don't know. That's just in the best years, man. It was awesome. It was, yeah. it was painful at times, but it was, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Well, and it's all cumulative, right? So you're some of the parts of all the jobs you've held and relationships you've had. I always, I always find it fascinating talking to people that have done a lot of different things. And I think uh, Marine Corps, obviously you're putting a lot of different um, skill sets on the table and, and there's so much to learn. I, I can, only, I, I can't even imagine Talk to me about your time at uh, at Amazon. What was that like? Yeah, it was intense. <laughs> uh, starting off with the interview. Uh, now, I went to Amazon Web Services, which is responsible for like 90% of the internet, at least in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, and it was crazy. The, the, starting the starting interview, first of all, I had like three or four interviews, and each one was like 30 to 40 minutes. Because uh, if you read about, we call it FANG, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. If you get into one of those companies, your career is basically written for the rest of your career. Um, so the interview process is just stupid hard. Like if you're not a computer scientist, dude, our interviews are a whole different caliber, like in an unfair way. And we'll, we'll come back to that. Hmm. Um, so I, I do my normal business interview and they're like, why do you want to work at Amazon? Like, are you going to worship our Lord Bezos? No, I'm just teasing. Um, but then, you know, after you do your, your, your two one-on-one, -on -one, and then I did a consulting interview where I had to do a business case study, and then boom, here comes the software engineering part. Because uh, I was a cloud consultant. That was my intern name. So I basically did business and software engineering. And, um, yeah, he goes, hey, man, you know, we start talking, making chit-chat. He's also a veteran. You know, I make fun of him a couple of times for being an infantry guy because, you know, they eat crayons. But, you know, we're chatting. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, it's... it's Listen, if you're military, they're, they're cracking up right now. Um, but uh, so basically, and then he gets serious on me and he goes, so how, if I were to pull up, you know, your computer and go to google.com or amazon.com, uh, what happens? And I was like, uh, are you asking like technical details or he was like, yeah. I was like, so you basically want to know how the internet works. He goes, oh, if you understand that, that'd be awesome. <laughs> so like, it was about a two hour conversation about like TCP protocols versus everything else and understanding hashing. And then they ask you about the, the common algorithms you should know, like Dijkstra's algorithm, which is the shortest path algorithm. And 
man, it's like, it's crazy how much you have to know as a software engineer versus what you actually do. Because listen, that was my crazy interview. Like I thought I was going to be like sending people to Mars or something. Like that's how they made this interview sound. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get there and I just write front end code doing web development, which is like the easiest crap ever. Um, but they did challenge me with a machine learning thing. Cause when they saw my, um, interview, I got like a special task. Uh, so the first couple of months, they just had us doing like web dev for first couple of weeks, which is just like basic JavaScript. Um, like basically once you get to the point of you are working on Amazon, you should know how this stuff works. Right. Um, so then they gave us a machine learning thing and I worked for the government side due to my background. So they're like, okay, we well, need to come up with a business proposition and develop a real world application for a machine learning, you know, AI algorithm. Uh, so, okay, well, uh, I'm going to do binary classification of natural, you know, basically identify fake news in the media without talking too technical. Mm-hmm. They're like, sweet. So, basically, my whole goal was to compare my data to Donald Trump's tweets and see really? if it was fake news or not. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, dude, it was fun, though, man. I learned, like, you know, I can talk fly fishing all day. Like, oh, yeah, boy, throw that popper and work <laughs> it back. And then I'm also like, Hey, you know, if you want to run BERT, this will help you do lamentization on your data so that way you can do natural language processing on top of it and you'll get better results. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, my life has been crazy, man. It's awesome. You you, you lost me uh, a ways back, but uh, I, I get why you want to be on the water after that. No offense. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, what? Okay. Um, I, I You're the first person I've really had on the show, I think, that's worked for uh, one of those Actually, not actually. That's not quite true. But I I find it fascinating, um, you know, some of these big companies, their interview process, what it's like to work there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's got to be a learning curve in itself, just kind of being there day to day and 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 you know being challenged. Yeah, it was awesome. I would just say like my biggest worry was work life balance, and I like what ultimately led me to want to try you know a startup life. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's but. let's talk about what you're doing now. So we're chatting tonight with Damian Anderson. Uh, he was a uh, Marine Corps veteran, Clemson grad. He's out of uh, Greensville, South Carolina area. He has started a company called Good Dudes Fly Company, and he's avid uh, on the bass, on the saltwater. Uh, tell me about your business. Uh, walk us through Good Dudes. Who are the Good Dudes? Is there more than one dude? Oh, yeah. Um, I started this idea with my buddy Tyler. Uh, so we have like a, a very big, you know, if we hit the lottery or when we hit the lottery, I should say, this is what the business is going to look like. And you know how you have like REI for camping or uh, re- yeah, camping and really like mountaineering. If you're going to do any type of rock climbing, you go to REI, uh, at least here in Greenville. Um, and then also we have Cabela's, which is like your hunting and your fishing. So the end state would be both of us put our minds together and be able to have that blend where it's fishing and camping. Cause that's a really key demographic that's not really taken care of. Like, unless you go to a big box store like Academy, but you're not going to get the best gear and probably not the best service. Hmm. Um, but yeah, sorry. I thought I may have lost you there. No, no, no. Uh, I, yeah, I'm that's, listening. That's who I, okay. Yeah. That's um, who I started with. His name is Tyler Bryant. Um, the man is my brother. Uh, I actually lived with him for a couple of months when I was at Clemson because I had like a four-hour commute uh, between my wife's medical school and my school. So we just found, compared to the gas bill, it was better just, it was cheaper for me to live in Clemson with him than it was for me to keep driving. So we did that, and I just came back and forth on the weekends. Um, but I love this guy dearly. Uh, he's truly my brother. So we're just trying to figure out how do we get paid for doing what we love because our day jobs suck. Like, it sucks programming hours a day. And guess what? He's a chemist. All he does is read reports eight hours a day. <laughs> um, but the problem is they're good jobs. You know, they pay really well. So, boom, now you have good news. This is We're still trying to figure out um, how we're going to fit in his outdoor stuff right now. Because that's a tough question because right now the, the brand's really being built around fly fishing. And I'm tr- just trying to bring awareness to who we are. Um so, yeah, that, that's not there yet, but that's something him and I are working on. And when we release it, it's going to be released right. We're just trying to figure out what our identity kind of is in the market, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, if if I go to the Good Dudes Fly Company right now website, what am I seeing? I Now, I, I went through there, full disclosure, I went through there at the beginning uh, 
today and I just had a look through and, and uh, I like, I, I actually got a real kick out of reading your bio and just kind of the story um, about creating this brand, <laughs> but talk to me about products. What products can you find today on there and what do you hope to have in the future? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So we're trying to pivot more towards services. So one of the, the most exciting products right now is the Good Juice Club. Um, right now, that's $20 a month, and that'll get you 10% off our Mystery Fly Box and also our Bath Elite Series Box. Um, and we also have a private Facebook group that, dude, it's been crazy, the camaraderie we've been able to build in it. Like Chris, he sent me a birthday present this year. It's been absolutely wild. Um so we have that going, and then on the product side, I said I have the Mystery Fly Box, and we also have the Tournament Bass Box. That's basically flies that I tie on for myself for my tournaments in KBF. Um, KBF stands for Kayak Bass Fishing. Right. I actually have my first tournament this Saturday on the 13th. So it's basically what I'm tying for myself. That's what you're getting in that box. Okay. So you're actually you're actually making these flies? Yeah, for right now. Yeah, that's, um, that's I just can't afford to hire a, a fly tire. That's a lot of work, man. I <laughs> wow. Listen, man, my uh, I got to give a shout out to my mentors. Um, those are pretty much the guys that have made who I am today. Um, right now, I have a mentor teach me fly tying. Um, so about two to three times a week, we sit down for an hour, hour and a half, and we just talk fly tying and then business. Uh, mm-hmm. He's another veteran out of Florida, so shout out to Greg. He's been awesome. And then I have mentors that help me out on the business side, but you know, this isn't scalable. That's why I was talking about really transitioning over to services. Um, and I'm talking to people like I'm talking to this guy named Aaron based in Oregon to do my trout tying. And he loves to tie like eight hours a day. So I told him like, Hey, when I get to a place where I can hire you, um, you can be my full-time fly tire. It's just, my big thing is I don't want my brand to be known for, outside product like i get hit up all the time by people in africa trying to sell me cheap flies and i know they're just trying to survive um but for me and my like background in the market i just want it to be really veteran supported and american made you know so mm-hmm. we'll see man it's all a slow boil i just got to get to the point where i'm paying rent um i'm <laughs> close now we just worked a thousand dollars in our first month so there you go you know. nice work that's uh yeah, no, I, I hear you on that. I actually get probably five emails a week from random places around the world. Say, hey, we can tie flies for you. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I'm good right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> all the time. Either that or like, do you get those like crazy bit.ly links? I'm like, I know this is going to have my palm. Yes, I do. I do. And I don't. Oh my God, all the time. And my what I find is I can't block them because they come from the website. So if I block that, I'm blocking everything from my website. And no. There's probably a way around that. I'm just, I'm not very smart when it comes to these things, but, uh, dude, I almost missed your message because most of the time I just go over there and hit delete all. And then I saw, I was like, Oh wait, I saw this podcast before. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, Instagram's getting bad every time I'm getting nailed on Instagram right now. It's like every day I'm deleting five or six. It's like, and then I have to make sure some of them are legit, right? So it's like, I don't want to erase something that, that you know, a listener's reaching out that I'm not friends with or something. I don't know. It's just uh, I, it's just an observation. It's really taken off in the last, I want to say, six months, I've noticed, uh, on the DMs for sure. Yeah, I hope they get that fixed because, yeah, I almost missed your message, man, and that would have really sucked. Yeah, no, I, I well, yeah, it's crazy. And it, I don't know about you, but... Um, when I find when I'm looking for guests, they come from totally random different ways. It could be an email. It could be a direct message. It could be, uh, I mean, I've even got a letter in the mail. It could be, uh, you know, somebody jumps on the website and, and reaches out. But there's so many different ways. Or you're at a fly show. Uh, if these things ever get back up and going, I'm looking to that. But um, it, you don't want to miss those opportunities. And sometimes you don't know where they are. You know what I mean? It's like uh, you're just going through the 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 in the inbox, and it's like, oh, delete, delete, delete. Well, wait a minute. This sounds yeah. this doesn't sound like a robot. Yeah. Hmm. Dang. Well, hey, maybe uh, maybe Amazon will take off my binary classification algorithm and get this <laughs> sorted out and fill it. Say that again. Binary what? Oh, that's what I did at Amazon. Binary. Uh, to identify fake news or whatnot. Yeah. Say it again. Buy uh, it. You could use that to do like, oh, the binary classification. 
Okay, I'm going to pull that out of the hat and press some people this weekend. All right. Thank you. <laughs> um, so let's yeah, get, let's you can do spam, not spam. Okay, that I get. Let's get back to the water, man. Um, sorry, I just kicked my microphone here. I have to edit that. Um, so take us through your dream day. So if you had your day your way, whether you're casting for reds or you're, you know, casting for, for largemouth, paint me a picture, Damien. What does your perfect day look like? What are you drinking? Who are you with? What are you throwing? What kind of species you're chasing? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we definitely be in the salt. And I would say really just having my best friends there and my wife. And that's just tearing up some big reds because that's always a good day. Uh, drinking, especially been in Clemson. I know this is going to make me sound redneck as hell, but uh, <laughs> I love a good bush latte, you know, bush light. Very <laughs> high-quality American beer. Yeah. Oh, I've had, um, had so we're probably doing some reggae. Oh, yeah. no. Wow, reggae. Yeah, I love reggae on the water. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a beach feel for sure. Yeah, shall say, or like you know, we've listened to Revolution or yeah, yeah, you know, that's my favorite band or one of them. What kind of craft are you fishing out of normally? Other, oh, I have a bona fide SS one twenty seven. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's a twelve and a half foot boat. Uh, sit on top, and what's cool about it is it's basically a John boat, especially. At, the amount of mods I have on my kayak now. Like, I have a 9-inch depth finder, uh, like a Lawrence TI-9, um, and then I have a trolling motor, so I don't even paddle anymore, man. It's a, it's a great water boat, basically. Right on. Nice and nice and stable, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I throw a fly from it, and I throw my cast net from it. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm on a site all the time called Trick My Skiff, I don't know if you're on that ever, but man, there's there's some beautiful crafts for that type of fishing now, and so stable. Um, I that's one thing I struggle with with the with the kayak is like, and maybe I don't have the the proper kayak. I've got a few different ones, but um, talk to me about how fly casting in your kayak works for you. Yeah, sometimes good, sometimes it's an absolute mess. <laughs> um, I'm working. If I could find the right product, um, either that or if I could get somebody to 3D print it for me. I just need like a little side hip basket to put my fly line in. Outside of that, it's just like, it depends if I have the trolling motor running because sometimes I'll strip the line and I'll notice my fly line gets close to the motor. I'm like, ooh, that's a bad day. Um, and then if it's in like just in the, uh, where my feet are, it gets all over the depth finder. I don't know, it's definitely a challenge. Some days are better than others. So tell me more about this Um you know, this tournament you're going in, when, when's this coming up? Yeah, it's actually this upcoming Saturday. Uh, it's a KBF tournament or kayak bass fishing. Okay. Uh, we start off, we can start checking in from six to seven and then we fish from seven to two. Uh, this tournament is a top three bass. So basically first thing you want to hit your limit, meaning you want to catch three fish and then everything outside of there, if that catch is bigger than a previous one, that replaces that fish. Okay. So normally KBF is five, your top five fish, but I think this year it's been a little tougher than most. So I don't know, or I could just be ignorant and been three. Now, but um, now I this... just read the rules last night, so I'm excited. So is this strictly fly fishing? Absolutely not. I will probably be the only fly angler out there. Oh, come on. You serious? For better or for worse. Oh, man. That... <laughs> yeah. That in itself, I just assumed everyone was fly fishing. So basically, they're looking at you going, what in the world is this guy doing? Huh. Dude, that's what I said about humility earlier, man. You got to have you gotta have it. I, because there are some times where I will skip like a clouds or meadow or eat the dock, and there's other times where I just slap the top of the boat and my hook gets stuck. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, well, I think I think in a, in a way you got to leg up. Like, I, I mean... Yeah. A lot of those fish have probably seen a lot of plastics before. Um, you know, um, you're showing them something maybe a little different, which I think sometimes helps. Yeah, absolutely. And, dude, natural material looks way better than plastic. Oh, yeah. I, uh, if you can look at my Instagram, I posted one of the Matuka Zonker I was telling you about. Yeah. Dude, that thing just glides to the water like a little shad. Huh. You just got to find a way to put, and, like, a little propeller on the back like a Sarah spook on on one of your flies like made from like uh deer hair or something <laughs> <You're> gonna... <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. Oh, man. man, I've seen something similar to that. Um, I was talking to this guy, I believe he's from Norway, and he's another bass angler, and bass fishing is definitely not popular there. Right. Actually, I don't even know why he's into it, but we were talking just like strategies and whatnot on Instagram, and he sent me this frog pattern he's working on that basically tries to do what you just said. And he said, yeah, man, I think that I might be able to get more splash in the water if it's like propelling. I'm like, dude, you're crazy, but I like it. That's awesome. So tell us, tell us where we can find you. So, so if we're looking for good dudes, fly company, where's the best place? Dot com, Instagram. Th- throw out all your handles out there, Damien. Yeah, all those things. Um, so the website is gooddudesflycompany.com, uh, but it's a little bit different for social media. On Instagram, it's just gooddudesflyco. Uh, that's both for Instagram and Twitter, and then you can just find me on Facebook. There was one quote you had on your website, and I'm going to ask you to say it for me. It's something about going fast or going together. What? What's your quote again? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is what I used to tell my Marines all the time. You know, if you want to go fast, if you want to go fast, go solo. But if you want to go far, go together. Uh, it's an African proverb, and it's just kind of how I run this company and how I live my life. Um, I don't know, man. This is the way. Good stuff. <laughs> well, I think it's really exciting and inspirational what you're up to. You're following your dream. Um, what can go wrong? I mean, it, you got to try it, right? And it sounds like you're well on your way, and it sounds like you're you're starting to make some waves in the fly fishing world. Thanks, Damien, so much for doing this. Yeah, man, no problem. It's just crazy that you guys think I'm official enough to be here. This, is, this has been one hell of a ride, and I can't wait to see where it goes. We've been chatting tonight with Damian Anderson, Good Dudes Fly Company out of Greensville, South Carolina. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines, and we'll see you on the water. Thank you.